Hello and welcome to the July 16th, 2018 edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. My name is Mr. Joe. This is my neighborhood. This is my life. But this is our podcast journey. Welcome to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome. Welcome back, that is. Welcome back to me. Welcome back to you. It's probably been the longest period of time in which I have not done a podcast. And if you recall, we'll go back to a previous episode, and I wouldn't be able to tell you exactly which one it is, probably during an episode in which I was absent for an extended period of time back then, probably not as long as this, but quite a few days, I uh, informed everybody that if you were not to hear my voice for quite some time, and I would consider this to be quite some time, over a week, in my eyes, is not acceptable. Not acceptable for my audience, not acceptable for myself, just not acceptable. Cannot I cannot maintain a podcast and develop a relationship with a huge audience, thousands and thousands of people, and expect to maintain that relationship without being consistent in my podcast journey. Um, But if you recall, back in a previous episode, I did make a statement that... If I was to disappear for quite some time, there would be a real good reason for it. And it would probably be because I was completely overwhelmed with work or because my bipolar disorder had gotten to a point where many of us have been in the past in which we found ourselves to be suffering from such a severe mood swing that... Unfortunately, we were hospital, hospitalized, hospitalized. <laughs> let's, let's make it easy. Put into a hospital. Uh, I'm, having, I'm having some difficulty speaking today because I will tell you right now that at the moment, I am suffering from full-blown anxiety. And I don't know if I've ever said that on air. I don't think I've ever podcasted while my heart was literally beating out of my chest. But it is. It is, and I'm hoping for several reasons that I am able to control that anxiety. First and foremost, I got to get back into work. And second of all, I can't, I can't stand this feeling. I really can't. Um, but I am suffering from a tremendous amount of anxiety. And what's interesting is that over the course of the past week, The anxiety has set in the exact same time every day in between the hours of 11.30 and 12.15 in the afternoon. So I guess you can call it anxiety, afternoon anxiety. Now, I've never experienced afternoon anxiety. I've had anxiety in the evening before closing my eyes, and it's been many, many years since I dealt with that. But I've had a multitude of occasions in which I experienced tremendous amount of anxiety in the morning. Again, it's been quite some time that I've experienced that as well. I am 
I am not a person that experiences a whole lot of anxiety. We'll talk about that in a second. Let me just clear the air first and foremost and let everybody know that I was not in the hospital. However, that does not mean that there was not a good reason for Mr. Joe not to be on air. And I, I think it's important that I talk about where I've been. And some of it's good and some of it's real bad. Now, last week, um, my children had the week off from camp. So no camp, and my ex-wife and I decided many, many months ago that we would alter our schedules in a way where I can be home with the children for one week and she could be home with the children for one week. And what that means is we take off work. Now, I used to be the one that took off work all the time, um, weeks at a time. I would use all of my paid vacation days to make sure that my kids were taken care of when they could not go to camp during certain months. And the reason why they were not enrolled last week and for the um, next week, well, it won't be next week, but I think it's uh, sometime in August, is because camp was just too expensive to pay for an eight-week program. So rather than do that, we did a six-week program, and it was still astronomical, the amount. And it's put me in quite a bind this summer, I will say. Um, and now my ex-wife has also thrown on me the fact that she will be obtaining transportation for the children, something that I had no idea about. She was picking them up and dropping them off, and, you know, it's only 15 minutes from her job, and now apparently that's off the table, so I will be responsible for 66% of the transportation. But I know I'm all over the place, so let me, let me get back to where I am or where I was. Last week the kids were off. I took my paid time off, and... I, uh, my wife and I decided that we were not about to sit around for an entire week and do nothing. Now, even though money was a little bit tight, we thought it was important for us to find something to do with our children. My children, her stepchildren, and our child together, Mickey. So we have three children, and what can we do with the three of them? Well, Without getting into too much detail in terms of location, I will tell you this. For a relatively affordable price, we were able to get away, leave at 6.30 in the morning, get somewhere out of Mr. Joe's neighborhood, approximately, let's say, three hours away, two and a half hours away, and stay overnight. That means a stay in the hotel and then enjoy the entire next day, all day, and leave about 5 o'clock at night. So it's essentially it's a two-day vacation. And where we went was cheap, other than the food, which was astronomical. And I don't mean it was unfairly priced. But, you know, you got to factor in three meals a day. So that's a lot more than I anticipated. That was the biggest, big expense. But to stay in the hotel for the one night, it was $199. And you say, well, that's not so cheap for a hotel stay. But there were several things included in this particular place that we went. Namely, a couple of different water parks. And they were awesome. And... You know, we love water rides. It's something that we really, really enjoy. 
We have not gotten to do that a lot in our lifetime. And we found a place that offered a beautiful experience to go to. Several different water-themed parks, which was not only conducive to my older children, Sarah Lee and Junior, who are 12 and 14, but it also catered to my 14-month-old. So there was a little bit to do for everybody. It was an awesome, awesome time. I loved every minute of it, um, other than the fact that during the second day, um, my anxiety started to set in right around that noon time. The only bad moment that I could actually think of during that trip was the fact that I took a clonopin to help ease my anxiety, and I actually fell asleep while standing on line with my children for a water ride. They didn't know it, but I knew it. I actually dozed off standing up, and I, I believe somebody online saw me, and they probably said, whoa, look at this wackadoo. And can't even keep his eyes open. Must have been partying hard last night. Well, I was so anxious that I took a full milligram. I'm sorry, a .50. Not even a, not even a full milligram. Could you imagine .50 of a clonopin knocked me out of my feet? Now I quickly, you know, shook my head and bam, boom, bomb. I was up. You know, because when you almost, when you're standing and you almost fall while you're on your feet, by God, you're going to wake up. So I woke up, I snapped out of it, I ended up enjoying the day, and little did I know that I was going to come home to, essentially, what has kept me off of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. And I will explain, uh, I guess starting now, I mean, there's no other way to get into it than to uh, get right into it. So we got home about 8 o'clock that night, and I, I had about four, three, three or four more days left with my children at home. And we didn't care so much about finding things to do because they were tired. Everybody was tired. We were shot. It was it was hectic. When you, whenever you go on a vacation, I don't know how in the world I used to go away for weeks at a time and party and drink and do all the things that I used to do. I guess when you're young, it's a whole different story. Now I'm away on a family vacation. I can't even keep my eyes open. I only stayed a day <laughs> uh, or overnight for two days. So... That was not a big deal. When I got home at 8 o'clock that night, we went to sleep. Everybody woke up very late the next day. Not me. Of course, my eyes were open at 5 o'clock in the morning, uh, like they always are. Um, and the next day after vacation was actually pretty good. We just kind of sat around the house, didn't do a whole lot. The kids wanted to play on their computers and on their PlayStation 4 and even uh, little Mickey, he was pretty tired, and uh, so it was it was a relaxed day. Unfortunately, my wife had to go back to work for a couple of hours, so um, which you know gave me a little bit of anxiety, knowing that I had to take care of the three kids. And I sit here and I say, take care of the three kids, like I've never done it before. I raised two children essentially alone, but I, a lot of times I did that, especially earlier in their years while I was high on drugs or drunk. And yes, I'm embarrassed to say it. Now, it wasn't all the time, but any time that I felt like I couldn't handle it, I just got high. And it made it very easy for me to take care of my children. Well, I don't have that in my life anymore. Uh, but nevertheless, and, and, and again, the only reason why I say take care of my children is because Mickey 
at 14 months old is so demanding, and part of my issue is guilt. I feel like I, there is not enough of me to go around for my two older children from my first marriage, and I always am feeling bad if I have to constantly attend to the baby. So that's really, if I was to explain my anxiety in terms of taking care of the children, that's where it all comes in. When I say my wife is ready to leave for work, that's what gives me the anxiety because we are no longer a unit and now I have to split myself into three parts. So uh, I actually just figured that out on my own, which was great. So anyway, the first day was fine back. Um, I was able to handle it again. My wife was only gone for a couple of hours. She works with children with autism. She does home cases. She travels on a bus and helps one other child. So uh, makes a little extra money during the summer, which is great considering she has no teaching job anymore. And she's just working for my department at my particular office while she works from home. So she's got to work a couple extra cases in order for us to make ends meet. So again, good day the day after. Well, let me tell you. We got home Thursday. I had every intention on Friday night to do a podcast because it had been a while since we've talked. Something came over me. Now, again, Friday was a good day, but as of Friday night, I started to develop a tremendous amount of anxiety. I didn't know where it came from. I didn't know why it was happening. I just knew that it was so bad that it kept me away from doing a podcast, almost like I was kept away from doing one just now. But clearly they, the anxiety levels were a little bit different, more heightened on the Friday, because at least here I am able to talk through it. By the way, my heart is still beating out of my chest, so that hasn't improved yet at all. But I had some anxiety, and, and regardless of the anxiety, I was able to fall asleep. So I fell asleep. And I woke up on Saturday, and let me tell you, I woke up Saturday, and I cannot recall the last time in my life that I have ever felt so depressed in all of my days. And I know we say that a lot, and I probably said that on this podcast many times, and it's, it's probably true that if I have said it in the past, the depression feeling was equal to what it was on Saturday. So, um, But for what it was worth, for, for the time and place that I was feeling what I was feeling, when I had awoken on Saturday, I was in a complete full-blown depression. A depression that I had not felt in so long. A depression so bad that I could barely find myself able to get words out of my mouth. And I'm not sure if any of you have been there before, but when depression is bad enough you actually find it very difficult to even speak. Um, and I couldn't. I couldn't speak. And I I actually, um, I, I asked my wife to deal with me and, you know, forgive me. And she, she worked with me. Um, I faked it around my children the best that I could. I shuffled my feet around the house, walking like a zombie. And I remained depressed the entire day. Well, Sunday I woke up. And the depression had not gotten any better. It was actually worse. So now we're in two and a half days of anxiety and full-blown depression. And to make matters worse, my ex-wife, who knew it was her responsibility to come pick up the children, 
Well, she pulled some nonsense on me again and tried to make me believe as if, like, I don't remember that I picked them up and it was her turn to pick them up, that it was my turn to pick them up. And me, like a complete moron, said, I am so depressed and so anxious that I don't even want to argue with her. So I said to my wife, I said, she wants me to drop them off. I don't want to hear from you. I don't want to hear from her. I can't even communicate. I'm not fighting with her. I'm not fighting with you. I'm just taking them home. Well, thank God for my wife. She's an amazing woman because she does not let me take be taken advantage of. And unfortunately, before we got to the point where I had enough, um, lack of better terms, nerve to tell my ex-wife how it really was, I screamed and yelled at my wife like I have never yelled at her before. Leave me alone. I don't want to effing hear it from you. I don't want to effing hear it from her. Why can't you just understand that I'm dealing with something? This is not me giving in to her. This is me just being so hurt and so depressed and so sad and so helpless that I don't even want to argue with her. I don't even have the strength to text her back and forth. I did this in front of my older son and my younger son. My daughter was too consumed in her room with her face buried in a phone to even hear it. But ultimately, I ended up um, telling my ex-wife where it was at, and she came and got the kids. And after she came and got the kids, my depression got even worse. And here we are now on Monday, and I will say that my depression has lifted a little bit. There's only two days of depression. I have to wonder, is this tremendous amount of anxiety also an indication that a mixed episode is coming on? I'm starting to feel a little bit more awake. As a matter of fact, I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning, which is a prime time for anxiety, but I did not wake up anxious last night. I woke up and felt like I had slept for two days. So is it a potential possibility that Mr. Joe is ready to go through some mixed episode, rapid cycling um, symptoms? It's by every stretch of the imagination, yes. Now, uh, of course, Mr. Joe has to analyze as to why I got into this funk. And there is no doubt in my mind that there is a link between going on vacation and returning home and being depressed. I think it would happen to the, to the normal person. Unfortunately, though, for us with bipolar disorder, our depression seems so much worse to the point where there were several times throughout the two-day period, Friday, I'm sorry, Saturday and Sunday, where I turned to my wife and I said, I think I need to go to a hospital. Now, quote-unquote regular people who are just like a little down and out because they had a great time in another state or another place and they were partying and they were away from work and they were just had no responsibilities and now they're home and they got to get back into it well you know what they're a little sad their sadness is very very different from our depression because our sadness can turn into depression that makes us say things like, I need to go to a hospital because I'm not going to get through the next couple of days and I feel like I'm going to kill myself. And that's a scary feeling. So I fought that feeling for two days. And for those of you who have been with me and are feeling a little bit depressed, my heart goes out to you very much so. 
makes me want to break down and cry right now because it sucks feeling this way. And I know I don't curse very much. It's not really a curse. But, man, does it suck when we feel like this. And Mr. Joe is feeling it. Now, again, why do we feel this way when we come home from vacation? Well, again, very similar to any person. I would think that we're back to reality. And even though I wasn't back to work, I got my phone, my email's going off, I'm, I have an away message on, but you know, I still see all the things that are coming through. Right now I have no responsibilities, but I know that in a couple of days I will have those responsibilities. I see my email growing, 17, 18, 19, 40, 50, 60 emails. Trying not to look, but of course I'm looking and I'm seeing all the things that have to get done. So... Here I am now enjoying a couple of days off with my children and my family. And when I return home, I say, oh, in a couple of days, it's back to reality. So again, anybody with bipolar disorder or anybody for that matter would probably feel the same way. Whether it would be sadness, I don't know. Anxiety, possibly. But certainly probably not like what Mr. Joe felt, which was suicidal. But nevertheless, that's what I felt. And I have to link the two together and say, well, again, back to reality. You know, some of the other things I think about, although my sleep schedule was not off during vacation, it wasn't the best. I slept in a horrible bed. Um, Now, when I say horrible, I I should um, justify exactly what I'm saying. It wasn't an uncomfortable bed. It's just Mr. Joe is very uncomfortable when he's not in his surroundings. So it was not the best night's sleep, and anybody who knows about bipolar disorder and our sleep patterns, if our sleep patterns are interrupted to some extent, well, it affects our moods. So I have to assume that that had something to do with it. I also told everybody that Mr. Joe had started going back to the gym and exercising, and i got to tell you, last couple of weeks I've been pretty consistent. And what happens when you go away? Well, the exercises stop. And all of a sudden now, you're not doing what you were doing. Your routine is off. You're not exercising. Um, Exercise is a great form, although I recognize that in some instances it caused depression for me. If I keep it under control and minimize my exercising and do it just right, it really does. It really does help the mind. And I think that lack of exercise for those couple of days uh, affected me and probably added to my depression. When we go away, I would also think that it is our responsibility and duty as a parent, as a father, as a mother, as a family person, to enjoy the memories that we have. And unfortunately for me, and it's so hard to explain, but my memories, although I know I had a great time, And I've talked about this times in the past. I believe in healthy crying. My episode on healthy crying. My memories, and this is not so healthy, but my memories of what should be enjoyable turn into me thinking about the past. The past problems that I had. The past vacations I went on with my other children. And when I say other children, I mean from my previous marriage and you would think now I have all three children together from both marriages why wouldn't I be happy well 
I think about the times that I had with my babies that are all grown up now. And it's supposed to make you feel good. But you know what? Never did I go away on a vacation and, and enjoy my time with my ex-wife. There was never a good time that we had a nice time during vacation. But they were still memories. Still memories. And I, I guess there's a guilt aspect again in which I say, well, you know, maybe I should have made a better time out of those times away. And did I do drugs during those times away and take away from my children? In which I absolutely did when they were very young. I was snorting cocaine like an animal. They were very young when I was doing this. But so again, I don't know exactly how to explain it, but we should have good memories of our vacation. And that can help us remain happy. And unfortunately for me, those good memories a lot of times provoke or start memories of basically everything that has to do with vacation. That leads into um, me raising my children and doing it alone. And then I start thinking about fighting with my ex-wife and the things they've been through. And um, I guess you could say it's racing thoughts. And that is what the vacation provoked for me afterwards, unfortunately. It's those good memories that I should be grabbing from my past vacation, it produces horrible thoughts. And that really does not make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, so it's something that I need to work on. Something that, um, you know, I need to look into. <laughs> I, I'm wondering, do I need to talk to my doctor? I mean, if this continues, obviously, and here I am, I mean, it's so silly. Here we are with bipolar disorder. Why should that even be a question? Do I need to speak to my doctor? There's a good chance that I should even be on the phone with my doctor now. I played phone tag before vacation with a psychologist. I was supposed to see a therapist. I never did. Why do we do this to ourselves? I, I don't know. I don't know. All I know is what was essentially supposed to be a good time and was for the time being, turned into a nightmare for Mr. Joe afterwards. And it is still lingering. Listen, if my depression was a 10 yesterday, it's down to a 5. Cut it in half. That's a good thing. However, if my anxiety was a 10 yesterday, my anxiety is a 15 right now. I, I love talking to you. I do. I love my audience. I love being on this podcast. I love doing Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast, but guess what? None of this is easy right now. None of it. My anxiety is out, is out of control. Absolutely out of control. And the thought that I have to go back into work and face people right now is just mind-boggling. And what's interesting is there are so many other little things that come along with my anxiety. One thing that's very annoying is frequent urination. For those of you who are not aware, uh, frequent urination could be a sign of anxiety. And when I'm really anxious, that's what I find myself doing, feeling the need to urinate constantly. And let me tell you, it comes out. <laughs> um, I even had a little bit of a messed up stomach this morning. Not that that's all the information that everybody needs to know, but since we're sharing, I might as well give, just give it to you like it is. Um, and, and I'm at a point where not only is my head foggy, but I think what is the most concerning to me is that my ears have been ringing all day. And that I don't like. That I don't like. Because in the past, that was a trigger. That was a, or at least a warning sign 
for possible hallucinations, um, you know, sometimes hearing voices. And, um, but as I'm talking through this and talking about it, believe it or not, my heart is actually starting to calm down a little bit. So maybe that's a good thing. Maybe this is what I needed. It's amazing how the mind works and the body works. Here I am, not even two minutes ago, talking about how my anxiety level is at a 15, and now all of a sudden it's starting to dip down a little bit. Within minutes, I'm at a 10. Could you imagine? Within minutes. Um, I'm thinking when I go back to work, i got to make a to-do list and take it from there. Um, I'm hoping maybe that'll help me. I, I don't know. But what I do know is that I love my family very much. I do. I love my family very much. And I wasn't going to share this with my audience, but I, I think it's important that I do because I have to wonder, is this adding to not my stress, because it's not a stressful thing, but some of the feelings that I might have. My wife is about four weeks pregnant. Yeah. So, I will be having my fourth child around March of 2019. And there are moments in which I say to myself, I really need to have my head examined. I really do. I am going to be 43 years old. But again, it's that guilt in the sense where I did it for my ex-wife. And when I say did it, I mean as a couple. In trying to rescue a marriage, I produced children. Because after the first one, things got a little bit better, and then they got worse. And then I said, let me have another one, hoping that that would save my marriage. Ultimately producing the most two important people in my entire life. Well, then you meet another woman, and you realize, well, that person becomes the other most important person in your life. And this time around, I don't hate her. I love her. I love her with all my heart. So, yeah, she and I deserve to have two children of our own. So we'll be one big, happy Brady Bunch family, if you really think about it. So I don't know, maybe that has added to the stress Thank you to those of you who might reach out and say congratulations to Mr. Joe. But yes, Mr. Joe will be a dad once again. And at that point, Mr. Joe has really got to figure it out and, and recognize that that is it. And whatever that has to do with, it, it scares me. But I know there are operations that might be able to uh, come into play that can prevent me from having children again. But that is it. I mean, listen. I will be admitted to an insane asylum before either I have another child or get remarried again to another woman. That's never happening. So this is it. This is the end. I can't imagine running around vacation land like I just was with four children because three was more than enough. But I feel blessed. And ultimately, as nerve-wracking as it can be, I am a lucky, lucky man. I am a I'm a lucky human being, and I love my family, and I love my wife, and my children are excited, and you're only the second people that I've told other than my children, so that's kind of awesome that my audience knows. I wasn't going to let you know, but you know what? I said to myself, I'll either tell them at the end, or I won't tell them at the end, and at some point I was going to tell you, so might as well have been now. So ultimately, 
here's what it comes down to. Vacation is a great thing. There's no doubt about that. I'm not saying if you bipolar, don't go away. We all need to get away. We need to get away from reality. We all deserve a break from work. But with bipolar disorder, a lot of times when we lose that structure, when we lose that routine, we have to be very careful about the outcome in terms of our mood. Because that lack of structure will oftentimes result in a mood swing. And in my case, for the last three days, it has been severe depression. Now, the other thing is I don't want to go to a hospital anymore. I do not feel suicidal today. But I feel extremely sad, and I've been holding in some crying, holding in crying all day and holding in crying during this podcast. But the other thing is I have a very positive outlook in the sense where when I am back on in a couple of days, and I will be back on in a couple of days because we've got a lot of time to make up for here, um, I know that I will work through this. And I will be okay. So if there's anything that you get out of this podcast, please know that Mr. Joe will be okay. And there is no doubt in my mind that if any time you are feeling like this, you will be okay too. And if you're not, you got to reach out. And we could talk. Reach out to Mr. Joe BP at Yahoo.com. Or you could find me on Twitter, of course, at Mr. Bipolar Joe. Thank you for listening, everybody. I missed you a lot. If you are doing well, I need you to continue to work hard if you're doing well with your mental illness. And if you love or care about somebody who has a mental illness, I ask you to continue to support that person the best way that you know how. And if you are struggling right now with a mental illness such as me, such as depression, I ask you to keep battling and most importantly, to soldier on. Thank you for listening to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Good to be back. Everybody have a great day.